Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Heather Pearson fell in love with music and the piano at a tender age, growing into singing in choirs and playing the guitar along the way. Music of all sorts of genres are her spirit and lifeblood. She was part of Garage Mahal, doing progressive rock, and then with the country-leaning North Atlantic Band. Heather was one-third of an a cappella trio, Light Sisters, and does moving work with Bernice Martin. She performs Americana, blues, New Orleans jazz, vocal chants, instrumental piano, and folk. And she does them solo or in duos, trios, and quartets, including the Heather Pearson Acoustic Trio with Sean Nadeau and Davey Sturdivant. For some humor, check out the video of the Toilet Paper Song. In addition to the 55-minute recording of this interview with Heather, there's an uncut full-length version on northernspiritradio.org, as well as bonus excerpts we've cut from the full interview. Heather Pearson joins us today from Conway, New Hampshire, via Zoom. Heather, I'm totally delighted to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to how this conversation unfolds. Yes, it will unfold. I don't know that a lot of people expect the interviews they hear on the radio to be conversations. They're not interrogations, maybe, but I see you as a real person. And having looked through your discography and through the songs that you sent to me and just having started to encounter you, I've got a feeling of a very real person. How difficult is it to have yourself as the person you own and to be on stage and giving that to so many people, you know, hundreds and whatever, hundreds of people. It's like you can feel like you have to be the person you are on stage, at least most people's eyes. Well, that's that's quite a question. Yeah, I start off with the easy ones. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just dive right in. Why not? I guess I'm going to use a, a, an analogy to sort of meditation practice. There's the formal practice of sitting on the cushion, and then there's the rest of your life. And there's a temptation to see that there's a boundary between the two. And it often feels that way. And the same could be said for performing. There's sort of, there's the person who performs and there's the person who's not performing. And yeah, there are certain, maybe there are certain conventions that I'll follow in one or another arena. But what I hope to do is to sort of erase that boundary and just to be my, as my friend Bernice Lewis puts it, to be myself to the nth degree, (laughs) you know, on stage and off. So in your normal daily life, is wearing your glasses on top of your head, is that (laughs) the stage or is that the personal Heather that we're seeing? These have become a permanent fixture in the last, I think during COVID, I don't know, I can't blame COVID necessarily for my, the fact that my arms are not quite long enough anymore, but I do wear these (laughs) on top of my head pretty much all the time now on stage and off. So (laughs) it's good to keep the hair out of my eyes too, as I figure out whether or not I'm going to cut my hair or not. (laughs) I love your hair. You don't have to cut it for me in any case, but (laughs) 
I don't think you should cut it to my taste because that's not the way the world should work. (laughs) Your tastes matter most. And I'm talking about this to some degree, again, because I've gotten comfortable with the person I think you are through the songs that you chose to share. When I ask a person to choose the songs of their soul, some people are kind of uncomfortable and some only want to include their big hits, if you will. I have a feeling that you really looked at aspects of yourself and picked out songs. Was it at all challenging for you to do this or was this an easy thing? I'd say that there was a little bit of a challenge for a couple of reasons. One is just because I've written and recorded so many songs, there's a lot to choose from. The other part of it, too, is I've often said that I kind of think of myself as a kid that couldn't quite decide what she wanted to be when she grew up. You know, I I love jazz and I love community singing and I love folk and I love all these different styles of music and playing different instruments. And so to kind of choose a few that sort of represent the range of what I do was it's it's fun like if somebody has never heard of me which most people haven't you know what would I want them to uh (laughs) what would I want them to take away I guess I would want them to take away the fact that music for me is not just uh, there's so many dialects it's a language you know there's so many dialects of that language and I just like to try to challenge myself to speak that language in as many dialects as I can in which pond are you a big deal? Is there a pond right there at Convoy, New Hampshire that you're a big deal or New Hampshire or New England or maybe Ireland because you've toured there? I mean, are there places where, you know, people hear Heather Pearson and they'll say, oh, yeah, got to go. <laughs> yeah, I well, I, I have yet to tour in Ireland. I do hope to get there one day. I'd say probably the thing that people know me most for is my piano playing that's where I started musically, and that's where I have historically felt the most comfortable. Although in recent years, I've been starting to wonder if maybe I'm a better singer than I am piano player, but whatever quote-unquote better means, (laughs) you know, I don't like to really put those things on a spectrum like that, but in terms of better or best or whatever. I guess what I mean to say is that I I think I'm most expressive at the piano. I I can sit down at a piano and pretty much say whatever I want or need to say than I can more easily with other instruments. I don't know if you ever watch Stephen Gobert's Late Show. John Baptiste there. Yeah, he's fantastic. Anything on the keyboards, you mentioned it to him and his fingers dance it. Yes. Could you do his job? I think I could. I would love to. Although then I'd have to move to New York and I don't know. Maybe you just sit in one night. If I could do it from New Orleans, maybe, which is where, you know, he's from, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get started with your music. You already mentioned piano. is Your fingers are just linked to those keys. But I also see you playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't consider yourself at the same level. And your singing is incredible. It's wonderful. Oh, thank uh, you've you. got such a, a voice. You started out with piano, I believe. I did. When did you actually get the voice piece in there? Because... It's incredible. Oh, well, thank you. So I started piano when I was five. You know, my dad dug out all his old John Thompson books and that he and his brothers had used. And so I learned how to read the staves through that and started bringing my fingers to the keyboard. I had this little toy piano. I st- actually still have it. I have it in my storage. <laughs> That's where I got started. And it came with this little book of songs. You know, where you pl- it had a little strip of paper that you put across the, the back of the keys. So each key corresponds with a color. And it came with a book where you played songs by color, you know. So I got that for Christmas. And by New Year's, I was about to turn six. You know, I had memorized all the songs. It was just my favorite toy. I was All I wanted to do was play with this little toy piano. And so my parents thought, hmm. So they found this, like the song says in Lines and Spaces, my dad found an old piano with the dump and brought it home. And it was a terrible piano, but they weren't sure if I was going to 
they didn't want to make an investment in something if I wasn't going to keep at it, but I kept at it. So the dump piano went out the door in short order and they, they got a better operate for me. But to answer your question about the singing, I started with my piano teacher in the fall of when I was six years old. And she and her family had just moved to the same town in Maine where I grew up. And she, at the same time, was starting to give lessons. So I grew up in a very small town, and I was lucky enough to have an amazing piano teacher growing up who had studied at Oberlin, had a very rich classical background, just beautiful singer and flautist and pianist. And, you know, I still keep in touch with her to this day. She's retired back to where she grew up in in New Hampshire. She started directing the children's choir at the Community Baptist Church in the town I grew up in around the same time I started taking lessons. So... I just started singing in the choir just because it's a small town. There's not a lot of kids. And she saw that I had talent. So she just kind of <laughs> roped me in, which in turn roped my parents in, you know, to going to church. And so we grew up going to this little community Baptist church and I was in the choir. My dad sang in the choir. Yeah, I never had any formal voice lessons. It was just something that I always enjoyed doing, especially, you know, choral singing, harmonies. To me, there's just a handful of things that, well, there's a lot of things, but there's a handful of things that just make life worth living for me. And one of them is singing in harmony with other people. There's just nothing quite like it. I get the feeling that I could talk to you for many hours. I have a feeling there's some parallels about your life and my life growing up that we'll probably get into. But why don't we start off with the song right away so people can hear some of this beautiful singing and playing? Sure. It'd be great to start with Lines and Spaces. It kind of tells the story of how I started and where I started and a little glimpse of where I've ended up. You've released something like, what is it, 13 or some recordings? This one wasn't released till 2019. Were you just holding the good stuff till later? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I did work on it for quite a while. At least I worked on the songs that ended up there for a good long while. Geez, little did I know, or little did anybody know, that releasing an album in the fall of 2019 would turn out to be kind of disastrous. (laughs) 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 Started on a six-week tour, you know, in February of 2020, and of course, we all know how that went. (laughs) Did you get through, what, three, four weeks of it before Yeah, we got halfway through. Yeah, we got three weeks into the tour, and then played our last show in Florida, and turned around and came home. The thing that I think about this song, and I'm I'm trying to get people ready for it, is there's a lot of personal self-disclosure going on here. When you talk about your mother's voice scratching like wool or overflowing ashtrays, and it feels to me like that's vulnerable. Are you just, I think a lot of people would hesitate a lot before they shared that much. Uh, So I'm, first of all, I'm commending you about that. Or is this something you had to work up to? Yeah. I mean, I've been sharing a lot of personal things in my music over the years, and people who have been following along with me can kind of tell where I've given little glimpses. But this, yeah, this this song certainly just kind of lays it all out. This is what things were like for me. And trying not to be too, I don't want to say harsh. Yeah, I don't want to be too harsh in my judgments. I mean, I certainly... uh, There's a line in an Ani DeFranco song where she finally, you know, the way I interpret it, she says something about, you know, I know what all the fighting was for and I'm not angry anymore. Just getting to that place of equanimity with it and understanding that, yeah, there were some things that were hurtful and trying not to assign blame. It's just what happened. Everyone was doing the best that they knew how. And there's stuff to learn, you know, for me and hopefully for the people, you know, who listen to the song. Well, let's let them learn it by listening to Lines and Spaces title track of Heather Pearson's 2019 release, Lines and Spaces. Here is Heather Pearson. <laughs> 
front room that overlooked the yard along the back wall standing like a guard was the big brown box that helped me make sense of the world he found it at the dump and brought it home to me and that was all it took to set my young mind free and that big brown box helped me make sense of the world he taught me lines and spaces she taught me how to read faces the house was always so cold and the ashtray always full and every word she said scratched at me like wool but the big brown box helped me make sense of it all and i was always unsure of how i ought to be and somehow it seemed that that wasn't up to me but the big brown box helped me make sense of it all He taught me lines and spaces She taught me how to read faces sit down I'd close my eyes and play what a beautiful pain to wish everything else away except the big brown box that helped me make sense of the world and now that they've all gone the old piano too I hope I've got what it takes to follow what is true that big brown box showed me how to be in the world he taught me lines and spaces she taught me how to read faces he taught me lines and spaces she taught me how to read faces
We're taking a deep dive into the life of Heather Pearson, her music, here today for Song of the Soul. That's her song, Lines and Spaces, released in 2019, but covering previous 40 years of her life, so much of the important part of it. There's one thing that I found unclear to me. He taught me lines and spaces. She taught me how to read faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, So I assume that's your father and your mother you're talking about. Yes. I know your father was a clarinet player, amongst other things. Yes, he was. Is that where he gets lines and spaces? I I tend to think of it differently because I actually taught math along the way. Lines and spaces, geometry and things (laughs) I. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so lines and spaces is a, is a euphemism for the lines and spaces on the staff. You know, every good boy deserves fudge, you know, F-A-C-E. Favor. Every, he deserves favor. F- favor. Well, well, no, maybe in your family it was fudge. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> every good boy deserves his favorite fudge. <laughs> and then, of course, in the, in the base clef, all cows eat grass. And, so, yeah, that's what I mean by lines and spaces, the lines and spaces on the staff. And how to read faces. I, I have the feeling of... And this, I may be completely wrong, so I'm not trying to put this on you. Because of the struggle between you and your mother, you learned how to see that you're walking into a booby trap or a a landmine or something. Am, Am I misinterpreting that? No, I would just say that I had to learn how to, as we all do, learn how to read body language, you know, learn how to read the un, the nonverbal communication. And my mom had a very expressive face. And so I had to I really learned how to kind of gauge her mood by her facial expressions. The things that you disclose about your family, it is such a delicate line. How are you not judgmental, not putting too much onus on the failings that we all have? But again, I just am very thankful that you chose to be that honest and that clear and do it without being harsh. It made me feel close to you right from hearing that song. Let's go on to another one right away, though. What's next for Heather Pearson? We could talk about singing. Oh, singing? You don't like that much, do you? (laughs) I love singing. (laughs) So do I. So do I. (laughs) Except you sing well and I sing joyfully, which is what matters most to me. Indeed. And to me as well. My auditors may have a different opinion. (laughs) And one of the things people should know about Heather Pearson is... You start off with classical music, right? And then like in high school, aren't you in kind of like a country western leaning band? (laughs) Yeah. And and I don't know, Garage Mahal, is that a joke about garage bands? Garage. Well, yes, it actually is. (laughs) So Garage Mahal was the first band I was ever in. And it was originally, when we were coming up with a band name, the original four members were Robbie, Alan, Jared and myself. And so we were just saying Raj for a while, our first, you know, four initials. And we were practicing in Jared's garage. And then one day somebody said Garage Mahal and it just stuck. And the strange thing is that many years later, there is actually a band of some fame called Garage, but spelled like a garage, I believe, Garage Mahal. But we were the first. (laughs) (laughs) They probably owe you royalties or something. I doubt it. And then you were in a band called North Atlantic Band, which is country-oriented? Yeah, so this was the early 90s, so this was um, country rock, line dancing was really big, you know, this was the achy, breaky heart moment in country music, so we played in a lot of bottle clubs and those kinds of places, BYOB, you know, great big barns with a big, beautiful stage, big dance floors, and 
you know, smoking was still allowed indoors in those days. So I just remember like looking through just these huge <laughs> clouds of smoke, which I was used to because both of my parents were smokers. But I just there was this one club in particular. I remember this place called Harmony Hall in North Yarmouth, Maine. Beautiful stage, big high stage, huge dance floor. And I just remember like the way the lights would kind of angle through the smoke as it just was drifting up to the rafters. It was, of course, a very literally toxic environment, but it was something kind of beautiful about seeing, <laughs> seeing the light streaming through the blue smoke. But those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> Matching bolo ties and shirts and couples doing all their line dancing and two-stepping. And it was an education, to be sure. <laughs> Was it an education that transferred directly from your home or was this cutting edge education for you? <laughs> well, I mean, I was young and kind of wild and it was fun. It was fun and interesting. And like I said, it was quite an education on stage and off. And my point in bringing this up in part is all kinds of music. Jazz is certainly a big thing for you, right? Yeah. Classical is piano. You you can be highbrow and you can be lowbrow. <laughs> I'm impressed by that breadth of music and talent. And what I, I'd say more is passion. I hear the passion for that music. No matter what the music is, it's like, yee-haw! Yeah, absolutely. And could I hear you say yee-haw in a real country <laughs> way, please? Yee-haw! Okay. <laughs> so, Singing, which we're going to share next, again, it's title track. It's from 2017. Talk about the folks who play with you, Davey and Sean, and is this the trio? Yeah, so that CD from 2017 is just the three of us. It's myself and my partner, Sean Netto, playing upright bass, and our friend Davey Sturdivant, who plays pretty much anything you put in his hands. So that collection of songs are mostly my originals. There's a couple of covers on there. We just had a lot of fun creating that recording. It took us a few months to record it all. And this title track was a song that I actually, well, I have sometimes joked that the reason I write songs is because I can't afford a good therapist. And this was one of those <laughs> songs that I was sitting at my kitchen table, just kind of working through some difficult emotions and was writing this song really for myself. I initially wasn't intending to share it with anyone when I played it for Sean he really liked it. When I played it for Davey, he really liked it. And then we ended up <laughs> working it up, and it was the title track of the <laughs> of the CD that year. So my original intention for it kind of went out the window, and that was fine. I just decided to follow where the song led me. So folks, let's listen to a therapy song <laughs> by Heather Pearson. It is good therapy because music is good for the soul. Sure is. It's called Singing, released back in 2019 by Heather Pearson and her acoustic trio. Too many things have tried to stand in my way And too many times I've had to push them away And there's too many voices asking me why do Thank you. 
beautiful song is by Heather Pearson. Her website is heatherpearson.com. Any question about spelling, come via northernspiritradio.org. Pearson is P-I-E-R-S-O-N. When I chose Northern Spirit Radio for my domain name, I knew that everyone would spell it right the first time. (laughs) Did you ever want to not be a Pearson? (laughs) <laughs> no, I just, I, the, the most common misspelling is P-E-A-R, which I don't get because it's not pear. I don't say pearson, I say pearson, like long walk off a short pier sun. It's a minor annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> well, and helps me the name that my wife and I have. We made up the name when we got married. So I actually did choose my last name instead of Judkins, which I grew up with. Mm-hmm. But singing is, again, great. You say therapy for your soul. Singing just does that for you. Because you sing in so many different modes of music, you know, jazz, you can do soul, you can do classical, whatever. You can do all those things. One of the things that people who don't have access to a good therapist sometimes end up doing is they have what's called, you know, multiple personalities. You know, they dissociate in a way. And so sometimes they're this person, sometimes they're that person. I think your music is dissociation embodied in song. (laughs) Wow. Multiple personalities. I mean, that's quite a pull quote right there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the dissociative sounds of Heather Pearson. (laughs) It might attract some people, but I'm not sure it'd be good to have them there. Well, again, singing is a beautiful song. I can't imagine that that could not become a top of the charts hit. I, it doesn't doesn't make sense to me sometimes the things that get popular acclaim and the things that don't. You do things up the meditative path in life. You do things that are jazz. You do classicalish things and certainly folkish things. Does your identity change or are you all of those things at once? Are you the jazz Heather or, you know, last year I was the meditative Heather and this year I'm kicking my boots. <laughs> so I don't really know. Does this Is this part of evolution or is this part of simultaneously being all of them? I, that's a really good question. I think there's maybe rather than disassociative, there's sort of just all these parallel storylines I just, I love music, obviously. And I just, I also, I love to express myself in lots of different dialects, like I was saying earlier. And also, there are, you know, there are, I don't like to use the word tribe, but there are tribes of folks who, you know, they really like jazz, or they really like community singing, or they really like folk. And because I like to compose and all these different things, then why not try to reach out I mean, music is, it's a universal language. I think there's a real beauty and expression in it that everyone longs for. And I don't know, I I always say I'm going to be dead a long time. This is the time to explore the things I want to explore. (laughs) So why not explore all these different ways to express myself and to share it along the way? Music is meant for sharing, I think. 
I think it's a great community builder. Yeah. And folks, you are listening to Song of the Soul, our website, northernspiritradio.org. On the site, you'll find the 42 or so stations across the nation that carry our programs, Spirit in Action and Song of the Soul. You track them down there. There's a lot more on that. Those community radio stations, though, are particularly important. When I started this 16 and a half years ago, I started on a wonderful station locally called WHYS, spread to a couple others in the state and then Washington State and Massachusetts and across the country. These community radio stations bring you music and bring you news that comes bubbling up from the community as opposed to top down from the national record labels or people with the most successful promoters. So please remember to support your local community radio stations. That would put number one on your list. We'd like it if you support Northern Spirit Radio. This is full-time work. We have a wonderful board of directors and we do wonderful work in addition to the two programs that you hear. So you can support us, but on our website, you'll find links to Heather Pearson. So if you can't remember about walking off the end of a pier, son, spelling of her name via northernspiritradio.org, you'll find Heather's website, heatherpearson.com, and all of our guests the last 16 and a half years. You'll also find a place to post comments, and we do love hearing from you. As Heather is learning, as we're talking here today, this is conversational. This isn't scripted. This is just two of us talking about what's important and hearing each other in some depth. And that's what we'd like to do, and we'd like to hear your voice. So please post a comment when you come via NordenSpiritRadio.org. And Heather, they're really here for your music. So what are we going to share next? I'd love to talk about All the While. You're going to talk about All the While? Isn't this going to take a long time? It's going to take a long time. <laughs> yeah, let's just talk about All the While. This is <laughs> This is a song that is from a body of work that I've been developing in the last few years with my dear friend Bernice Martin. She and I created a project together in 2018 called Heart Songs and Circle Songs. She is a songwriter as well, and I had had this growing body of songs that I had been composing since around the year 2000 or so. I was involved in a community singing group, you know, 20 years ago in Western Maine called the Circle Voice Singers. A lot of the songs were composed by a lot of like earth-based spiritual folks like Brooke Medicine Ingle and Labana. You know, there's a lot of percussion and, you know, drum circle type chants, mantras that we would sing together. And my friend Leah Boyd was the leader of the group at the time who was recording and releasing music under the name Leah Wolfsong. She was actually the original lead singer of Garage Mahal when I was a teenager. That's how we connected. Wow. And so... She and her music had a tremendous impact on me, and I started writing songs in that same vein and had kind of put those songs down for a number of years until another community singing group started up in Western Maine, and I started attending with my friend Bernice, and she and I both got inspired to start writing these kinds of songs again. And one of them is the song All the While, which was I recorded it here at home and released it as a single last year in 2020 for Earth Day. It's available just as a single right now, and it's also in our latest songbook that we released in 2020. And what's wonderful about the Heart Songs and Circle Songs repertoire is we've been making these songs available in songbook form. So there are churches and schools and hospice choirs and community choirs all over the country, all over the world that have been starting to 
bring these songs into their repertoire, which is just, to me, that's the highest compliment. If a group of singers want to share your songs in that way with their communities, is I think it's kind of the highest praise. <laughs> so this is one of those songs. And like I was saying earlier, I, I, I really enjoy vocal harmony so much. And one of my favorite things to do is to just stand in a vocal booth in a recording studio and just stack them up. <laughs> so you'll hear some of that kind of work in this song. I think the key to success with harmony singing is you got to listen. You got to listen, 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 listen. That's the key to any good music making is to be listening all the time, making those little adjustments. You know, where's the person I'm playing or singing with? Where are they going? How can I match that? How can I walk alongside them? So just listen, open your ears and close your mouth a little more often. (laughs) This sounds like maybe you're part Quaker too. I don't know (laughs) if you know anything about Quakers. Our form of worship is an hour of silence, right? Out of which people may speak. And there are so many great musicians, people like John McCutcheon, Mm. Carrie Newcomer, if you know her, and others who, I mean, Bonnie Raitt grew a Quaker and Joan Baez. The silence is actually just fertile ground for listening deeply, at which point you can sing with full depth, I think. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Yeah, and I actually have a line in one of the songs in our Heart Songs, Circle Songs repertoire, where I sing those words. I say, I need silence so that I can hear the music. I knew that there was a big connection here. And folks, this is a really beautiful song. It's called All the While, written for Earth Day, released on Earth Day this past year. I want to get Heather Pearson to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, in the eight weeks leading up to this next Earth Day, because I've decided for the Quaker meeting we want to help the community grow in depth and connection to the earth. This song does that for me, and I'm sure it will for you. Here is All the While, released as a single on April 22nd, 2021. In the air I hear the whisper Of the promise that every life holds In the water I feel the movement That dares me to rise up and be bold In the fire I sense a yearning To listen and answer the call And all the while All the while the earth is holding us all In the air I hear the whisper Of the promise that every life holds In the water I feel the movement That dares me to rise up and be bold In the fire I sense a yearning To listen and answer the call And all the while, all the while The earth is holding us all In the air I hear the whisper Of the promise that every life holds In the water I feel the movement That dares me to rise up and be bold fire I sense a yearning to listen and answer the call and all the while all the while the earth is holding us all in the air I hear the whisper of the promise that every life holds in the water 
that dares me to rise up and be bold in the fire I sense a yearning to listen and answer the call and all the while all the while the earth is holding us all and all hope you all took a deep breath and felt that one, your connection to the earth, to the air, to the water, to the fire. And certainly the fire burns brightly in Heather Pearson. She released that as a single, where she did both the vocals and the percussion in that song. And does that mean that this past year, Heather, you haven't been doing so much of the trio thing because of COVID? Yeah, most of what I've been doing musically since COVID has been doing a lot of live streaming with my partner, with Sean, from here at home. We're starting to weave ourselves back into being out in the world performing as a trio and as the duo, and just kind of slowly finding our way through that. It's exciting and strange <laughs> to be out in 3D again. It's just interesting navigating all that, but it's it's a joy. It's what I do. But during COVID, yeah, I, I've been spending a lot more time writing and doing the live streaming and launched the Patreon a few months into the pandemic, which has been a very humbling and very moving experience to feel that love and support from a growing community of folks that believe in what I do and want to help me keep doing it. It's been great. You do percussion with yourself on this song, Mm -hmm. and you're normally part of a trio and sometimes a quartet with a percussionist, someone who does drums and so on, right? Yep. I, I suppose if you say quartet, people right away think chamber orchestra or something. Or jazz, yeah. So Sean and I do perform as a jazz trio with our friend Craig Bryan, who is a fantastic drummer. He lives up here in our neck of the woods. We're gearing up for a bunch of shows that we do every December as the jazz trio. We present and reinterpret the classic Vince Guaraldi, Charlie Brown Christmas music. We bring that show to venues all over New England, and we're getting to do it in person this year. So it's I'm really excited to get back into that and to stretch the jazz trio a little bit. It's such a joy to get to do that every year. Again, it's amazing the breadth, the width, the depth of the music that you do, Heather. Let's do another song and give people another taste of Heather Pearson and maybe Heather Pearson and her acoustic trio or maybe Heather Pearson and her boogie woogie band. I don't know. You do all of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, while we're talking about the jazz trio, let's cue up the gumbo, that big spicy bowl of gumbo. It's from my Motherless Child album from 2014. or 13? I've lost track of the years. (laughs) 2014 is when it was released. Thank you. Yep. That's been happening to me a lot since COVID. I hear that from a lot of people that they have just sort of lost track of the passage of time, like a a month feels like whatever. (laughs) We've all been slogging our way through that. But this song, The Gumbo's Too Hot, this is a song that I often say that this is really just a 145 blues But it's a blues that I wrote to pay homage to two of my favorite pianists, Dave Brubeck and Dr. John. But all that really means is that I wrote a blues you can't dance to. (laughs) (laughs) Damn you. (laughs) I love dancing. What can I say? But yeah, I can dance to my own accordionist or something. (laughs) Oh, there you go. As long as that accordionist is Weird Al. (laughs) Yeah. And just tell me, do you have a connection to gumbo? I mean, you talked about at one point, you know, you could live in New Orleans. Yeah. 
And it's tricky because I eat a plant-based diet, so I may not be able to enjoy the traditional, you know, sausage gumbo, but Sean and I cook up a mean vegan gumbo here at home with the roux and all that, you know, letting it all stew for hours. So, yeah, I think I think our vegan gumbo stands up to the challenge of um, <laughs> the traditional thing, <laughs> what, what people might call the real thing. <laughs> so I may be wrong, but I... Are you slighting Sean at all in this song? Is this Sean you're talking about? i slighting him at the time. He wasn't nearly the cook he is now. Okay. <laughs> that is seven years ago. So Indeed. <laughs> and he, I have to say that he's a better cook than I am at this point. But that wasn't the case when I wrote this song. So <laughs> He could do biscuits already then. <laughs> People are going to learn that and more uh, in jazz blues fashion here with Heather Pearson. The song is The Gumbo's Too Hot from Motherless Child 2014. Biscuits are fine. You know, 
чем. bit of spice dished up by Heather Pearson. Her website is heatherpearson.com. Pearson, P-I-E-R-S-O-N. And the link's on northernspiritradio.org. That is from Motherless Child back in 2014 when her partner, Sean, was not nearly the cook he is today. (laughs) How long have you been together, you and Sean? Almost 12 years. So he already had five years of possibility of learning what good cooking was about. Yeah, he just hadn't worked up a good gumbo yet, that's all. (laughs) It takes time. It takes time to develop that skill. We got time for one more song, Heather. What should we conclude Song of the Soul with? Kind of where we started with the story, a song called Goodness Knows. This is sort of another, I often introduce this as a a life story told in two and a half minutes. It kind of bookends what we were talking about earlier, looking at growing up and we all live through whatever traumas we live through and figure out ways to um, weave those into the meaning making in our lives. And so that's kind of what this song is for me. This song is one of the songs that made me think that we had a lot of overlap in our lives. You evidently went through a period where you were exercising your elbow a lot with uh, (laughs) (laughs) drinking. I never did that. I'm a lifelong teetotaler. But I grew up in an alcoholic family completely, and the ashtrays never empty. And I've hated being around smoking from day one. If you're on a plant-based diet... Something tells me that you've increased your purity content since you were young. Did you exhaust yourself in all of the vices and then just become a saint? <laughs> no, certainly not a saint. No, no, I I don't think I qualify for sainthood. But I will say that I saw the choices that my parents made. I made similar choices in my teenage and you know early 20s. I mean, as the song will say, you know, when I was 21, I, well, you know, I don't want to give away too much about the lyric before you hear it, but I actually decided to quit drinking when I was 21, which is when, you know, a lot of people are kind of getting going. But, you know, I had some wild teenage years and had some sort of things to get out of my system. But I think the worst thing that I do now is I even didn't drink coffee for many, many years until COVID. I started drinking like a half cup of black again in the morning. The reason being is that I had a kidney stone back in 2003. I used to drink coffee all day long, just constantly. And then when I had that stone, I just remember the doctor kind of casually saying, you know, when the stone finally agonizingly (laughs) passed and they analyzed it and the doctor said, do you drink a lot of coffee? And I said, yeah. And he's like, you might want to cut back. And I don't know if you've had a kidney stone, but I'm sure someone listening knows just the tremendous pain that that is. One of my friends at the time, she said she would rather give birth to her two daughters again back to back than have another kidney stone. So that kind of gives you the the scope of, so it just terrified me. I said, all right, good. Cold turkey. Yep. No coffee. That's it. I always wanted to be a just a little bit of coffee in the morning person. And I just couldn't manage that until about six months ago, I started drinking it again. And I like it. It's just part of my morning ritual now. I just have like just a little half cup of black and I like it. Part of this virtuousness I'm attributing to you, it has to do with the music and such that you do with Bernice Martin. Hmm. It does have to do with the meditation, yoga, the centeredness that I think has become a pervasive part of your life. I don't know if that's fair. I mean, all your life is not the toilet paper song. (laughs) But there's so much of your life which has included being centered and grounded, 
which is really important to me. I mean, it's part of how I live my life right. I have a feeling that you went from vacillating around a lot to being maybe not a saint, <laughs> but pretty grounded, pretty centered. Or am I giving you too much credit? No. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm like everyone, I'm a work in progress. And I have found the practices that really support my well-being and, you know, with diet and with meditation, you know, writing practices that I have. And like I say, you know, music and, and singing in particular and playing the piano, all of those things are spiritual practices in a sense. And it's working for me. So I'm going to keep practicing and see how things go. I don't remember the who the cellist was. I was remembering an interview with some famous cellist when he was in his 90s, and he was being interviewed by some magazine, and they asked him, I understand, sir, that you still practice, you know, three or four hours a day, and you're in your 90s. He's like, why do you still do this? And, and he just said, because I, I feel like I'm making progress. <laughs> and I just think, like, that's who I want to be when I grow up. I just, I want to just keep trying, just keep going for it, to see how things unfold. <laughs> Well, people are hearing only just a small sampling of your music here today, Heather. But it seems to me, Heather, that if they've just heard these songs, they'll know that they'll want to access your 13 recordings plus the singles and such that you've put out. Toilet Paper Song is one you want to check out, folks. You, <laughs> you can watch a video of it online. We'll have those links on NortonSpiritRadio.org. But I'm really particularly grateful for this song, Goodness Knows. I think I, I hear the depth, just like I did in Lines and Spaces, of your connection, discomfort, the the real stuff that ends up forming the fiber of you. And then with all the building blocks you've added on top of it to make the whole and really kind of luminescent person I see here today. So I'm really grateful for that. And I'm so grateful you're joining us today for Song of the Soul, Heather. Well, thank you. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to connect with you and with listeners. And this has been wonderful. Again, the album this is from is Lines and Spaces, released in 2019. I know people don't buy albums anymore, but I'm sure if you ask Heather real nice, she'll send you one for a small fee. <laughs> Goodness Knows is the song. Follow the link from org to heatherpearson.com. The link's on org. Here is Goodness Knows, and we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Goodness Knows. The day that I turned 21, I hated nearly everyone except that phony friend in my hand. I could knock him back with the best of them, but just like all the rest of them, I couldn't see beyond the end of my nose. Goodness knows how I'm still here. The old man had just turned 51 when the cancer's evil work was done and left mom and me with no place to stand. And from the booze I was set free But she chose not to follow me My love and her fear came to blows Goodness knows how I'm still here Some call it luck, some call it grace I think I'm just more stubborn than most But like Mama used to say I come by it honestly Turned 31, my mother finished up her run Her hourglass had run out of sand It'd been years since we had spoken Both our weary hearts were broken I'm alone now on the road I chose Goodness knows how I'm still here yeah. 
more stubborn than most Like Mama used to say I come by it honestly And now that I've seen 41 My fighting years are far from done And the earth is truly the promised land But still those shadows speak to me Each day less convincingly To reach for the thorn and not the rose Goodness knows so glad I'm still here. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org. Guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.